0: Welcome to season three of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide.
1: Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking, you're bucking? Garrett, the script! Okay, here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3.
0: Welcome everybody into the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting You're Targeting. This is going to be episode 15 of season three. Oh, goodbye, Soph. My my lovely youngest daughter is uh, came in and she apologized. She's like, sorry, I said we're not recording yet, but now we are recording. So she's she's interrupting live progress here. <laughs> she just said bye. She loves me. I don't know if you heard that or not. But anyway, uh Episode 15, this is after the LSU game, and uh, enough blabbering from me, I'm JT, along with Tom.
1: Oh yeah, that was me telling Sophie goodbye, that was me.
0: I think at this point, and we, we actually did pick up a new listener last week, I'm, uh, my Orgle rep, or as uh, as everyone accepts, which you've been on an Orgle trip before to Vegas, I have. as everybody besides Red Bay calls it Orgill, but anyway uh hello chase he actually hey he i sent you that uh the picture he sent me of the the thing you can strap on your steering wheel yeah, to hold your him? phone yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nice
1: <laughs> i didn't uh i didn't know we had an opening for a new listener did we it, have somebody drop it, out somebody
0: we well, actually had two drop off so we're uh, we're looking for one more if oh so we're looking one. for another one good yeah yeah well. So, I've got commentary tonight, and, you know, it's sad that the commentary and the podcast is so easy when Bama plays bad. (laughs) Like, you know, the the A&M podcast, you know, we had so much to talk about because we had lost a game, and, man, we didn't lose, but it was – like you entitled this one, Ed O wins a moral one, and that's that's pretty much the case. You know, I saw the picture, the the poster. You know, we always do the game. The I don't know what they call it, game winning or game day poster when we win. You know, and when, when we beat Tennessee, it was all that smoke, and it had all of our fourteen or fifteen in a row. And this one was uh, called so long, and so was spelled S E A U X. I really thought they would go with Roll Tide, what? I mean, I really wanted them to go with Roll Tide White because, you know, that's what Ed said in the uh, in the locker room last time. But, you know, it's so funny, too. We have, and I say we, the fan base, has become so jaded with, with Pete Golding. The defense played pretty darn good. But everybody's like, we got to fire Golding. <laughs> i like, the defense wasn't the issue. And that's where the commentary is going to go tonight is Alabama has issues. You know, we didn't really have issues last year. Rocker, our kicker, went perfect. You know, he was perfect on extra points and field goals. He missed one of each uh, last Saturday night. And outside of Waddle getting hurt, I mean, we had three guys in the top five of the Heisman Trophy, you know, ceremony. And – but – this year is not last year, and this year we have issues. And I think the problem is it's 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 one week it's offense, which was this week. One week it might be defense. One week it might be special teams. The next week it might be discipline. The next week it might be leadership. The next week it might be coaching. It's just we have we're a good ball team. That's the bottom line. Like somebody, a number of people posted today on the chit chat boards. We're number two in the country, and we're eight and one. We're just not – we're so used to just domination. Even two years ago when, when Tua got hurt, you know, we were still – we came into the LSU game with zero losses. And, of course, we left with a loss and then and Tua got hurt. And then, of course, we lost at Auburn. But that was it, right? We went 11-2 that year. Okay. So, we're not used to not dominating, and we were far from dominating – and a guy posted, I wish I had written his name down, he posted on Tighter and Sider, and it was a great analogy. You know, because Saban has been upbeat. After, who did we, like Tennessee, you know, we, we, we put them away late. I mean, we scored, what, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yep. And it was a seven-point game with, like, 11 minutes left. And – same with lsu lsu had time after time after time to beat us and they couldn't do it and after both those games saban's kind of upbeat and the guy said i have two daughters and he said this alabama team is like my second daughter and he described what his first daughter was like he said my first daughter is at the university of alabama on a full ride she's in nursing and she just everything's a 4.0 is president's list dean's list and it is when she finishes up with her nursing degree I fully expect her to go into some continuing education in the medical field whether that be a nurse practitioner anesthesiologist whatever like there's no worries with her she's a straight-A student he said my and which, which that was 2020 Alabama and 2021 Alabama he said my second daughter great kid but she's an AB student she has to work for everything she gets you know math and sciences as they come natural to my first daughter, they don't come natural to her. Like, when she makes an 88 on an advanced math test or, you know, a 91 on a biology test, that is the best she can do. And he said, I really praise her. Like, I really rah-rah her. And he said, I think that's what Saban's doing with his team. We're we're not bad. We just have issues, and it's going to, you know, (laughs) something different is going to happen every week. And the thing is, we can put it together. I mean, we put it together at Florida for the first quarter, and we put it together. You know, I, Miami's so far in the rearview mirror, but we—I think we were up forty-one to three on them at one time. And you know, I know people don't want to talk about this, but I think Miami's got a winning record now. So you know, teams get better, teams get worse.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a ranked win, by the way. Ranked oh,
0: win. yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're, if you're going to count, you know, if you're going to count Texas A&M as an unranked loss, then you damn right. You're going to count uh, Miami as a ranked win, for sure. So, I, I thought that analogy with the daughters was great. It, it does explain, you know, the difference in this year and last year. And I think it also explains why Saban is upbeat when we win a close one. Because, like we've said, man, Conference LSU. We'll talk about this more in the in the recap, and we can talk about it. I'm probably going to talk about it more when we get to the games of the week about LSU. I've got some stuff written down. I want to discuss. I don't want to, you know. Tom, we got to fill 55 minutes of airtime, and my commentary is running short, so. <laughs> We're gonna save we, we got to save some bullets for later in the podcast.
1: But I was hoping, so. you're hitting all my highlights in the game cap. <laughs> well,
0: well, I tell you what, we're just gonna cut it and we're gonna segue. You remember when we first started the podcast, we'd have a word of the day and we had to drink. Like, I don't even drink anymore during this podcast. I'm a Tom. I don't know if you noticed or not. I'm a professional now, and you know, alcohol does not play a part in my podcast night. I don't know about you, kind sir. But I, I'm, I'm off the sauce during <laughs> podcast hours. So, anyway, I'll wrap it up there. We have issues. It's no secret we have issues. So does everybody else in the country with the exception of Georgia and even Georgia offensively. Man, they just – they're like we said last week, They're 2011 Bama, they're going to score. They get the – you know, they got a safety this past week. They're going to get that special teams or defensive touchdown. And it's going to – you know, a lot of times in that 2011 Bama season – uh, you know, we would get 42, but we'd have a punt return and a defensive touchdown and and then, you know, maybe another pick six. We'd only score three offensive touchdowns. And that's kind of where that's, – that's Georgia's only uh, issue, I think, is offensively if they run up against a good defense, which um, don't look now, but Bama's looking better. Anyway, I'll shut up and I'll, I'll let you comment on the commentary, then you can go to the recap.
1: Well, I mean, your commentary was was basically about Bama, so let's just get right into the recap, or I'll I'll just roll mine all into one. Um, And and, and none of these these comments are going to be a surprise to you. I just need to get them off my chest. (laughs) Uh, First off, I'll be short and sweet. Alabama played a really good defensive game on Saturday. I thought they played really well lsu is certainly not the best offense that we're going to see all year or that we have seen but i thought the defense did a great job particularly down on the goal line they had their backs to the wall they did it a couple of times in the fourth quarter they did it a lot of times when it and it counted sometimes i feel like particularly like in the in the a m game uh, even in the Florida game somewhat. Florida, they got better at the end a little bit, at the very end, but in the middle. But when you really needed a stop, uh, it hadn't seemed like we'd been getting it this year. And this was a time where, I mean, it was critical. It, was just, it just simply was. And, and they came through, and I was proud of them. And, and freaking Anderson is, is on another planet. Uh, yeah that that cat is all everything he's he he should probably be our front runner for Heisman but uh he he is that good now on to on to what I really wanted to talk about I think after this game this is the first time this year I believe that I am worried slash concerned slash not as optimistic as I have been for the remainder of the year. And I'm not saying that we still can't win because obviously that's in front of us and we control our own destiny. But for the first time, I see some serious kinks in our armor. And I'm not sure where to start on the offense. Uh... You know, in the opener versus Miami, we were we were talking. You just mentioned it. We we hammered Miami, and and Miami has been they've been playing well. They're five and four. They've beaten two ranked teams in the last three weeks. They they got credit or discredited for losing to a uh, what was perceived as a weak Michigan State team after they lost to us. If you remember that they yeah. were they, <laughs> they lost to us and then. Had a close win against App State and then got beat by Michigan State and everybody's like, oh, they're terrible. They lost to Michigan State, North Carolina, and Virginia. Virginia is not a great loss. North Carolina is, I mean, North Carolina's preseason top ten, uh, but they they've won the other games. I don't know how I got off on that, but but after that game, I talked about the one thing that I thought I wish we would see more of was an explosive running game or having better production at the running game and that has not really come to fruition all year I, I wish I to looked this up before the podcast but I don't remember I can't remember three plays of over 30 yards on the ground
0: I, I can't, honestly I, I can't remember one
1: I don't I can't remember one I was given three as sort of hey maybe i had a couple and, and forgot a garbage one or something but that's that is highly unusual. For an alabama offense i don't care how well you throw the ball we've always had horses in the backfield that they get a little bit of opening you're not catching them and that's not this group and not only is it not this group they have shown on more than one occasion unfortunately and saturday was one of those occasions that i believe they're just lackluster there now I'm not going to blame that all on the backs because I thought the offensive line would be a pretty good strength for us this year. <clears throat> you know, we lost a couple of all-world-everything linemen, but we had a lot of starts coming back this year and a big-time recruiting class. And I think we, – we get a JUCO – didn't one of our linemen a JUCO transfer?
0: Couldn't tell you <clears throat> on that one. Yeah, well, I can't I, I either. I'm going to talk about the offensive line uh, when you finish up, so go ahead. Yeah.
1: But I, I thought they were gonna be a real strength and the running game has not produced this year. Not not like it should. <clears throat> We've praised Brian Robinson in weeks past for running hard, and he does. He runs hard and <clears throat> he if he's if he's getting holes, he gets six, seven, eight yards a carry, and they're hard yards. Uh he's he's not breaking off thirty yarders. But that offensive line, maybe maybe that's the reason he's not getting getting to the secondary. Because to get those thirty yarders, you gotta get through the front Seven unscathed, and then be able to make a move on a DB, mm-hmm. and he's he's dragging people when he gets to the seven yard marker, or, or already ping ponging off of the people. So I, I don't know if that's the case, but uh, the offensive line also. When I don't, I think Bryce Young is really good. Okay, I think he's really good. Obviously, he's really good. He's leading for the Heisman. I'm not telling anybody something they don't already know. But when Bryce Young takes sacks and is under duress, it is hardly ever Bryce Young's fault. There are quarterbacks out there that will get happy feet and leave the pocket too early, or they won't find a receiver that's open because they're not visualized in the field very well, or they, they fail to throw it out of bounds when... when when they should have got rid of it because nobody's open. Those are not his flaws. He doesn't have those flaws that I've seen so far this year. When he's under duress and he's getting sacked, people are running free up the middle, non-checked, not even touched by the slightest. And I don't care who you are. (laughs) You're you're taking some lumps in, in those situations. And... Again, that offensive line doesn't seem to be doing a good job of picking up blitz, stunts. They get particularly confused when teams, and LSU did a lot of this, when they'll, they'll put six, seven guys on the line of scrimmage, and then two or three of them may back off, but they don't know which two or three. And our guys just seem confused as all get out when that happens, and the the worst of it is, and I I noticed this a couple times Saturday. They put six or seven in line, three of them backs off, but simultaneously, when three of them backs off, a linebacker blitzes, and you know, and they're just they're discombobulated when that happens, and that and that hurts. Um. So so there's that. Now, the big concerning thing when I was talking about worried and kinks and armor and things of that nature. We're what are we, eight and one? Yes. We're nine games into the season. And these are the things that you're trying to correct. That's too that you're too deep into the season for this to happen. You're too deep in the season for these guys to be running unchecked. You're too deep in the season to be making the mental errors that we're making when you're making as many mental layers as you are this deep in the season, there's a disconnect there between either your coaching staff and the player or the player's ability to grasp the scheme. And maybe the scheme's overly complicated. And that goes for both sides of the ball because we've had some secondary issues with people running open too. I mean, I just got through saying the defense played great, and they did. But there have been times, obviously, in the last couple of weeks, two or three games, where we've had busted defensive back play. And every week I've kind of touched on this or that and thinking that we're kind of overcoming that, but we are way too far deep in the season. And these things now are not necessarily correctable in my mind. These things are what we are as a team. That's who we are. And if you're going to come up against a good team that can take advantage of that, that's a killer. I'm not saying you can't have a good game and avoid those mistakes, but you're going to have to because from here on out, after New Mexico State, of course, you're going to have a ranked Arkansas team. You're going to have a ranked Auburn team. If you can get by them, you got nothing but top four teams to play after that. Yeah. If if and you're in surviving advance mode now, so each week it's it's win or or, or face the minimum. <clears throat> And that's not what we're wanting. And lastly, I'll just say one last thing. And here here's one that that's even compounding on top of all that. And and that's definitely, in my opinion, not correctable. This is one you just gotta roll with the punches. I think our offensive play calling sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just do. I, I think when when uh Bryce Young has protection and he's and he's he can see the field i think he overcomes a lot of those play calling with with athleticism a great arm but we don't have schemes where receivers are running wide open like we did last year now a lot of that was Devonte. Devonte could get open against anybody but we don't have that this year he's he's fitting balls into wide open spaces where, where they're available and he's a heck of a quarterback for that but the scheme, the, the the play calling, third and two Saturday on the forty of LSU. I'm like, well, this is four down territory. Obviously, just go ahead and run it in there. If you get one, you you know you you got another shot to get one. What we threw two incompletions. Yeah. Same same way we had a similar situation on third and four. I said, well, again, four down territory. Just run it in there. Get a couple two or three. If if you don't get it, and you you got a short fourth down. Heck, we throw it again. In that situation, end up punting the ball. I don't like his scheme calls. I have no earthly idea why he puts Bryce Young under center. None, zero. He doesn't. He he runs ninety-five percent of the plays out of shotgun, and then when you need a yard in the middle of the field on third down or 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 third and one, third and two, you've eliminated everybody's guesswork by putting him under center. Plus, he's subject to fumble the ball, as we've seen. Not only was he under center, he was under center with a guy who was not even the starting center because he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then what are we doing with a fullback in there? I've seen us run six fullback plays this year, and all six of them resulted in zero or negative plays. I think one of them was a turnover, too.
0: Are you I, saying we're due to uh, <laughs> positive yards? Because that's I, what I'm hearing.
1: I do not know what they're seeing in practice. That fullback – formation, I don't even think he's blocked anybody in a play either. I be mean, it just doesn't it, it doesn't look natural. It doesn't look like they do a good job of it. I mean if you're gonna short I, I now I agree short yardage situation I hate being in shotgun and turn around and hand it to a flat footed back, but we've run the pistol so many times. You can be in the pistol formation with that running back behind you and still give it to him on the run to the to the line of scrimmage on those third and shorts. And it it also have the option uh uh you know ability to run rpo from there so it's not a a done deal that you're fixing a pound it up the middle we have not been able to get a guard when we did it too no, so no. i don't know i i, I i'm gonna wrap it up there i know i I've, I've, I've rambled on that but i i was just i i got flustered with the offense saturday as everybody did mm-hmm. but unfortunately i just think those problems are deeper seated than that can be solved before the end of the year. I think we're going to have to get a little bit lucky to avoid the things that are part of this team's personality.
0: Yeah. Well, you didn't even mention the best third down play we ran all night, third and two, and we put Slade Bolden in in at quarterback. Yes. You know, here's the thing with that, though, Tom. That's a great call. Throw out of it. Nobody in their right mind thinks that he is going to throw the ball. I mean, we're. I'm looking at. You know, it's the slate cap. I mean, we're going to run. He's going to keep it. He's going to run mesh point and and do the the midline play where you read the the guy. Well, I got news for you, Saban and and O'Brien. If they're if they're blitzing eight guys, there is no read guy.
1: Oh yeah, you know. And on top of that, I forgot about, yeah, I'm 15 beers in, so if I'm 15 <laughs> beers into the game, and I can predict the second time you come out there with that fullback on a third and, or fourth and two or third and two, whatever it is, I was like, everybody in the freaking stadium knows this is going to be a naked bootleg. I said, yeah. "There's," I said, don't run that. Please don't run that. What'd they do? They run the neck, faked it off the left, curled around, and just got immediately just bowled it. Like, every player on their defense knew that was coming. Hell, I knew. It was coming 15 deep come on guys (laughs) this this guy's got to do a better job in my opinion of play calling he just really does
0: oh for sure and you know we, we lost dalcourt and which you know last year we lost uh oh gosh of course i'm drawing a blank the guy the center from florida state dickerson Uh, You know, we lost him, and 79 Owens moves into center and did a phenomenal job, in my opinion. I don't even remember who moved to right tackle. But I know 79, you know, was center. Well, I thought 79 was going to be center again this year. But, uh, you know, he he wasn't. He's right tackle, and he is not – he's left a lot to be desired uh, on the field. So then it was just – it was messed up with Dalcourt going out. You know, we were – and we weren't ready to play. I mean, after that was that was probably the most disheartening thing is we come out out of a bye week, and we're facing the team that two years ago dashed our national title hopes and got in the middle of the field talking smack, got in the locker room, said "Roll Tide, what f you," and we just it's like we're uninspired. I don't I don't get it. There's plenty of kids on that team that was was on the 2019 team that should have let. I don't care how many weeks you got off that should it should mean something to you but here's here's the troublesome part to me is salem came in 2007 and he inherited a guy that up until last year he was still playing in the nfl at left tackle or well he was left tackle for us i think he maybe he moved to right tackle andre smith you know he was a shula holdover and then we got a juco guy I can't, A name escapes me but because i couldn't even think of him until i wrote down four of the names i could not even think of who the, the guy was before Quandro, but we got a, uh, oh, his name's on the tip of my tongue. He played for Seattle a, a couple of years, but he, he was our left tackle after Smith left. But listen to these names who came in as freshmen and either started at left tackle or started at right tackle, and you knew that, that as soon as the left tackle graduated, they were going to be moved from right to left. Cyrus Quandro, Cam Robinson, jonah williams alex leatherwood those guys started from day one Mm -hmm. so this proves that not all five stars are created equal last year we signed the top two linemen in the country according to almost every service probably every service jc latham out of img if i'm not mistaken and tommy brockermeyer out of texas we got he and his brother like where are they at man like, we, we brought in this guy, Damian George from Texas. And, I, and man, the guy's probably good and is going to be good. But, you know, sadly, in Nick Saban's Alabama and the fact that we do play freshman, if you're, if you're ready to play as a freshman, you play. As soon as you don't play as a freshman, like you're written off by the average fan. And that's just sad because there's tons of kids that are, you know, year two, or year three in the program that will contribute and play winning football starting you know maybe as early as this week but definitely for the years to come but that's just the nature of the beast is you know you get the number one tackle and the number two tackle you just take for granted one of them's going to start at right tackle like they're not ready you know and that is that's concerning uh we got the number one running back you know talked about the running game with uh with b rob and like we said a couple of podcasts you know back I, I really felt like trey sanders was the number one guy he had a car wreck, not his fault you know, so that then B-Rob takes over. Well, I really feel like if Trey Sanders was 100% healthy, B-Rob would be two. Then Jason McClellan would be three, pushing for number two all year long. Jason McClellan's out. Roydale Williams is in. Like, Kamar Wheaton, we, we're the only football team in the country where we'll have an injury – Some obscure hand injury or lower body injury, not an ACL, not a broken bone, just some injury that keeps people out for weeks or months at a time, like Kamar Wheaton. What's wrong with him? Like, why is he not healthy? I I mean, I don't know. So, where are the freshman receivers? You know, Ajayi Hall has had problems with with buying into the program. Uh, Leary, uh, everybody was high on him. JoJo Earl has played some. and He he played and made uh, special teams player of the week, but Tresha... Where was Trayshawn Holden? Did he even play of the other night? Like, we have so. no consistency at, you know, we have... We have uh, eight, and we have one, and Slade Bolden got more playing time of the night, so I, I don't know. It's like, going back to the daughter analogy, it's just, this is the A-B... We're the A-B student this year that, that you know, we, we'll get off task. We don't take our ADD medicine one day, and we're just... We're floating around like a butterfly. So... But we did, you know. We LSU went for it seven times on fourth down, and you cannot tell me that, you know, Ed, he, his job is over. You know, he's going to coast out, and he wanted that win, and he was going to do whatever it took. I mean, we we had some stops on third down that we could have got the ball back, but they go for it on fourth down and get it. So, you know, hats off to them. We should have stopped them, and any one of those stops. Possibly. I mean, a couple of them were right around midfield. I mean, granted, we weren't playing great on offense, but it was going to give us the ball where all we had to do was, you know, get a handful of yards to have a field goal attempt.
1: Yeah, talk to our offensive coordinator about that. The game was 20-7, to and we got the ball at midfield. I was like, all right, let's break this thing open. We went three and out with negative yards there, yeah, and they went down and scored.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was it was so frustrating to watch, man. It what you know, when Auburn loses, and you got Auburn loses the two thirty game, and you got Bama at the night game, dude. It's just that's such a great feeling. Kick back, you're gonna kick LSU's ass, and you know, I said, I said, uh, the the way to bet this game is uh, bet LSU in the first quarter while they've still got some fight in them, and then bet Bama for the game. Well, that wasn't even close. LSU would have hit every quarter. And I text you what I my, I quoted myself and text you. You didn't get back with me. I guess that was – you were 15 deep at the time. I, last week on this very podcast, I said, there's no pathway for an LSU victory.
1: <laughs> you were correct. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, by the skin of my teeth. But, I, I mean, I think all we have done is reiterate and rehash what everybody that listens have, you know, talked about at the water cooler this morning. So we'll move on to Auburn and A&M. Well, Tom, we got Road Bo Nix again, and I love it. I mean, I love Road Bo Nix. You know, two plays in a row, he just drops the ball. Yep. And uh, one of them he picks up and chunks it to Shivers, a, a legal pass. I know it's so rare that he makes a legal pass in under duress. Normally he, it's a grounding, which never gets called. And – uh and then the next one he he gets uh, we get the scoop and score and he tries to tackle and he gets cr- crushed I mean I love that one but Auburn has they have issues man they do and, and the, we you know we're hey, sitting here eight, yep go ahead
1: you talked about Bo Nix and that grounding let me harp again on our offensive play call what the heck was that when they had Jameson William out there on the edge covered up.
0: And on purpose because he on knew he was On purpose because he knew he
1: couldn't touch it. Yeah, I, that's the good. only person you're fooling there is the cameraman. <laughs> I mean, that serves no purpose at all. None. Yeah. <laughs> that was dumbest thing. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry.
0: <laughs> that's fine. It needed to be said. It did. Uh, you know, Auburn has. We feel like we have issues. Auburn is sitting at six and three. And granted, I, I don't have my helmet schedule in front of me. But I'm going to say at this point in the year, I either had them at six and three or five and four. I think I had them probably five and four. I believe I had them splitting the LSU and Arkansas games. I had A&M as a loss, if I'm not mistaken. I did not. I never thought they we would – we don't live a good enough lifetime to where Ole Miss goes to Auburn and beats Auburn. So, I don't think I counted that as a, as a W for Ole Miss. But, you know, they're not really they, – they have two good road wins over uh, LSU and Arkansas. And other than that, they're right where we thought they would be. And here's the stat that if you're an Auburn fan, that you've you got to face facts you don't want to hear. In the last six quarters, the second half of Ole Miss and the game against A&M, you've scored six points. Yep. You've kicked two field goals. And your phenomenal field goal kicker missed from chip shot distance the other day, uh, last you know Saturday against A&M. And So, 6.6 quarters, but by gosh, we're going to stick with Bo. We're not putting T.J. Finley in. I mean, you got to love that, you know. Uh, Defense is better than I expected them to be. Their secondary has really come together. That Roger McQuarrie, I don't really keep up with with the names. I know Smoke Monday because we normally smoke him when we play him. But the you know, Danielson said he'd be a first-round pick, and heck, I don't know. But – You know, I do know this, Smoke Monday, have they quit calling targeting? Because Smoke Monday lowered his head, led with the crown of his helmet, and went helmet to helmet on the quarterback, and they did not call it. And Danielson didn't even want him to call it. Like, normally, that's all in his wheelhouse. Oh, oh, hey, Brad, I think we need to look at targeting right here. Didn't say one word and knock Calzada out of the game for a handful of plays, a series or whatever. And then, again, in the Bama game, you know, Bryce Young got helmet-to-helmet contact. I mean, where has the targeting gone? I, you know, look at the targeting that Malachi Moore got in the A&M game, and then look at the two non-calls, one in the Auburn, one in the Alabama game. I, they're, they're just – I wish we'd do away with targeting. I wish we'd do away with replay. I've said this ad, ad nauseum. It's another, you know, another conversation for another podcast. But – you know, Auburn 6-3, and three and they are eliminated from the West. If A&M can continue winning, please, A&M win. We do not want to go to Auburn with them having any hope to win the West. But, uh, you know, they got state coming up. We'll talk about that as part of the games of the week. I'll let you chime in on Auburn if you'd like.
1: Yeah, not much to add there. Auburn only managed 226 yards of total offense on Saturday. That's a paltry number as poorly as we've played in a couple games this year we've uh, we've yet this sniff anywhere close to two fifty or below i don't think we've been below three hundred but even in our really bad games but uh... that's 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 rough and i had the same thing written down as nicks the mistakes that he makes when he makes mistakes they're huge that's just, that's the nature of what he is uh... He tries a lot of – well, he tries everything under the sun, scrambles. His his first move every time when he's under duress is to go backwards and turn his back to the defense. I don't know how they don't coach that out of him. Uh, I guess it's because 50% of the time it works every time. But, uh, yeah, when he when he makes a mistake, it's a big mistake, and – I'm just glad that he'll be back for his seventh year next year, and maybe he'll get better then.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, he's – like I said, if you if you do not believe that Bo Nix is going to stay, take take full advantage of the COVID year, then you don't understand Auburn football and the Nix family. He is going to do everything he can to, to break every record, even though it's probably including – that. well, no, he, you know, he hadn't thrown a lot of interceptions this year. He actually threw one. But that is what you get with Bo Nix. Once it normally Auburn is good enough not to get down by two scores, but when they they got down seventeen to three, and man, he went he he lost it. Like he was he was road bow at that time. I mean, terrible. He tried to throw a screen and almost hit his lineman. Totally airmailed the running back that should have got the ball and almost hit his lineman in the back. So he's they just he's the best they have. And if you're a quarterback right now, and you want to play before 2023, you better not go to Auburn because they're not going to bench him. They have proven that over and over.
1: Yeah. Hey, and before we move on to next week's games, since we're still in the recap section, let me mention really quickly, last year, or last week, I ran at a bunch about uh, Bama's cushion and how we needed multiple teams to have two losses In case we could get to atlanta unscathed from here on out trying to make a path for us to lose the georgia game and still get in well guess what out of 10 teams that i had listed last week two of them of course need two losses one of those got a loss that was michigan state they're going to need one more but they i got them as underdogs in two games out of the other nine teams two of those lost so three of those teams went down last week, and we almost lost a fourth and a fifth in Cincinnati and Ohio State. We almost lost a sixth in Alabama, actually. But (laughs) (laughs) But it was a good start to the cushion.
0: Well, since you bring that up, I'm going to look at it from a different angle. I think we need to focus on when conferences are eliminated from the playoffs. And the ACC is eliminated from the playoffs.
1: That is correct. You know, wait for, so
0: so there's one P5 gone. Cincinnati's not getting in. I know you want them to. They're not getting in. So I think now our next best bet is for the Pac-12 to eat itself. We need Oregon. What we're going to have to have if we lose to Georgia, if we went out and we're still number two, and there's no reason to think that we won't be two, number two tomorrow night because everybody, Oklahoma was off and they were eight. Everybody either lost or struggled. Nobody had – I mean, Ohio State kicked a, what, about a 40-yard field goal to ice it. They were up six. They won by nine at Nebraska. Nebraska's got a losing record. And so there's no reason really to believe that Bama drops to three or four this week. We should remain two. And I think what's got to happen is – so the ACC is pretty much out. When when it's championship Saturday – we need the big t- We need the best team in the Big 10 to lose to get upset. We need the Pac-12 to get upset. So if we can knock out the Pac-12 and the Big 10, then it doesn't really matter what happens in the big Big 12 because Oklahoma, sure they're in, Georgia's in and we're in. You know, as long as we don't get blown out by Georgia. I you know, interesting thing, are they going to really put an 11 and 1 Notre Dame in over an 11 and 2 Alabama? Based on recent history, based on everybody knows they are not going to match up worth of crap with anybody. I don't know that's This, you know, a lot of lot of bridge, lot of water under the bridge before any of this happens. But we eliminated the ACC for all intents and purposes.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just keeping you apprised of my cushion theory. So we were off to a good start this past week. We'll we'll move forward from here with nine teams on that list.
0: Good deal. No, this week we're not even going to talk about Bama's game. We're favored by 50 and a half, which I don't think we'll cover because I just don't know that we're capable of covering fifty and a half and right now. Um, we have issues. Our defense, as good as they play to the night, will allow a couple of busts and that team. New Mexico State to get 10 to 14 points, and we won't cover. So we're just going to look at quickly A&M at Ole Miss. That's probably the premier game. And then uh, you have Auburn and Mississippi State and Arkansas LSU – Arkansas at LSU and you know we talked earlier off off air you know Georgia Tennessee is not even gonna be, we're not even gonna mention it because that gets a 22 point line the three games we just mentioned are all under a touchdown so A&M and Ole Miss is a one point line open up at one A&M is favored by two and a half at Ole Miss you know can A&M get up two weeks in a row yeah, I don't know. Ole Miss beat Liberty. Ole Miss came out. I really liked that game last week. I was terrified to take it because it was that dreaded ten point line, and I didn't touch it. It dropped to nine, nine and a half. But Ole Miss goes up twenty four nothing in the first half. Wins twenty seven to 13? 27 yep. to fourteen, whatever. I like. I didn't watch a whole lot of the game because I figured it was over. And I, you know, it's just it, who knows who's going to win this game. I'm going to lean A and M. Their defense is. It's pretty good, and, and Ole Miss still does not have the defense to stop anybody.
1: No, I agree. This is uh, this is a game where this is the second and third place team in the SEC right now. Both of them actually have a chance still to win the SEC West, but uh, they're second and third right now. I have predicted in the preseason that Ole Miss would finish second, and I a&M would be third, so th- this game will decide whether that prediction is is correct or not. But I'm with you. I like A&M here. They're playing better defense, uh, but it could go either way. What is the, A&M's a a one or two point road two, favorite? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, two and a so, half. Yeah.
0: And if Ole Miss wins, that puts Auburn right back in the picture for the West. You know, they'll they'll have two losses. And uh, but the the tiebreaker over A and M will be null and void because A and M will have three losses. Then it'll come down to the Iron Bowl, and we do not want that to happen. That
1: that may or may not be true because Auburn has state at eleven a.m. on Saturday before that Ole Miss game kicks off. So Auburn may have eliminated themselves by the time that gets there. This is hey, this is both Auburn and Mississippi State come off of really physical games last week. Obviously, we talked about Auburn in depth. Mississippi State and Arkansas—that was an awesome game. I don't know if you saw that. There was like three or four lead changes in the last five minutes of the game. Um, it was it was nip and tuck, but both physical games. And uh, Mississippi State is is they're good team. They they really are. They're not they're not awful. They're not a great team, but they're a good team, and they're certainly capable of playing with Auburn. And let me ask you this. If Auburn wins against a- uh, Texas A&M last week, what is this What is
0: this line? Oh, I'd say it would be uh, eight and a half or nine.
1: At least, at least. Yeah, I was thinking in that ten range. But, you know, it's sitting there at five, five and a half. People are going to be pounding Auburn in this game. And I, I, I don't know. I I, I think the state's got a legitimate shot.
0: No, I do, too. I mean, based on, you know, Auburn scored six points in six quarters. Now, granted, State's defense is not going to be up to what A&M's is, I don't think. But I, the only thing I wrote, the only note I wrote down on this, if Mississippi State can throw zero interceptions, they've got a really good chance to beat them. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up.
1: Yep. I agree with that.
0: Last game, Arkansas at LSU. You know, LSU, they shot their wad against Bama, in my opinion. Because, let's face it, nobody dreams of getting old and telling their grandchildren from 30 years from now that, man, you know, when I was a senior, we beat Arkansas. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they want to tell grand- the grandchildren they beat Nick Saban's Alabama. So, you know, Coach O said that he put in eight new defenses for our game, and I, don't, I have no idea if that is a lot, a little. Uh, I did hear the announcer say that A&M what uh? What is the guy Elko, Kelso, Elko, somebody? The defensive coordinator for A and M. He puts in a new blitz package that he has not shown before every week, and just because you know he doesn't want you to be able to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And but eight sounds like a lot, and I don't doubt it. I mean, he that's the thing. You know, Coach O put in eight defenses. Saban last week said that we you know we worked on ourselves and we worked on future opponents. And I think, you know, Saban probably figured we could win that game without much prep. I know he claims that, you know, is every, every play has a life of its own. We take every opponent, we treat them the same. But he knows what lies ahead. And he knows he wants that ring. And we've got to beat Auburn and we've got to beat Georgia. And it makes, you know, perfect sense to, to work on them in our off week and when we feel like we can beat LSU. So... I, I feel like Arkansas gets them, and I feel like it, they get them rather easily.
1: I agree. Uh, LSU struggles against good defenses. Uh, they only put 14 up against us, and one of those was uh, sort of a gift a little bit based on, I think they had 30 yards worth of penalties and a pass interference and a rough passer and a fake punt on one drive. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount yeah. of free yardage there uh but but when they have went up against good defenses all year they've struggled to put up any significant amount of points and arkansas falls firmly in the good defensive category and like you said lsu's coming off that uh tough game against alabama moral victory but still they got beat up in that game and they're not gonna they're not gonna be out in arms like you said for arkansas they they got up hoping they could pull off a miracle against alabama and now half the people want him watch this game on Saturday.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the crowd looks like for that game. You know, they the Cajuns they leave their team pretty quickly when they're not doing that well. So we shall see. Well, let's get into the uh, man. I cannot wait to recap the bets, Tom. Cannot wait. But let's get into the CFP rankings right now. So we talked a little bit off air. This is the this is the third quarter quail where we. We, regardless if rankings are coming out tomorrow night or not, we were gonna, you know, say who we were gonna put in the playoffs. So I think we're gonna do a couple of. Well, let's just let's just do what we think the committee does. Like, you know, we'll scrap what I had planned on what we think it stands as it stands right now. So I'll let you go first. You know, of course, Michigan State's moving out at, at, you know, either at least a four, if not more, if not farther down. So go ahead and lead off. Who's your top six?
1: Well, before I get into that, I just wanted to make sure everybody was aware that I did nail the initial inaugural CFP poll last week in order, Georgia, Bama, Michigan State, Oregon. This week, like you said, Michigan State tumbled out of there. They were one of my ten cushion games that finally got a first loss. I'm going Georgia, which is the obvious choice, and Bama. As frustrated as I am with Bama, Every other team in the top 20s is frustrated with their teams as well. And it's just <laughs> I mean, it's just the nature of it. There's nobody playing as good a ball as Georgia, and there's likely nobody playing as good a ball as Bama, even though we're frustrated. And we could lose to Auburn or whoever, and we would still be probably one of the top four or five teams in the country and may not get the playoffs just because just the schedule goes. But Georgia won, Bama two. I got Oregon moving up to three. They didn't look that impressive Saturday, but they did win on the road on a conference opponent. We've talked about that before. There's something to be said with that. And then I've got the big mover. I didn't bump everybody up one spot, particularly because Ohio State and Cincinnati both struggled. I think the committee's going to go, well, Oklahoma finally put a game together. They finally... (laughs) Finally beat somebody like they should, and look out their 8 or 9 and oh whatever, how many ever games they played. I got them jumping Oklahoma three or four spots to that number four spot, kept Ohio State at five, bumped Michigan to six. Cincinnati yep. fell to seven.
0: Uh, You know Oklahoma didn't play. I guess you knew that right.
1: Was that not this past week?
0: No, they had a bye. <laughs>
1: Scratch
0: that. They're not moving then. Forget it. I thought you were being facetious. No, I wasn't.
1: I was thinking they played Texas Tech last week. That was two weeks ago?
0: I guess so. They were off this week.
1: Well, yeah, forget it. I guess (sighs) put
0: them back where they belong then. I'm just glad. No, you know what? You leave it it like you had it because Cincinnati's nowhere to be found in yours. So I've got Georgia, Bama, one and two. There's no reason, like we said earlier, if if Cincinnati had done what they should have done. And listen, this was their chance. You know, they're, they're going to whine on Selection Sunday. But this was their chance. They had game day coming to their campus, first time ever. They played a team they were favored by 22 points over. And they had to have two goal line stands. I'm sure you either you either saw it or you heard about it. You know, which granted, the goal line stand would have the best that Tulsa could have done would tied would have tied the game. You know, if they'd have got the two point conversion, but they turn it over on downs or whatever. Then Cincinnati gets it and fumbles and they get four more downs and still can't get in. But they if they win that game forty to ten, I think that they might have put them in the top four. But that they were that, it was their stage. And they could not do anything with it. So I've got Georgia 1, Bama 2. I'm going to put Oregon 3, Ohio State 4. Oregon stays in front of Ohio State due to the head-to-head. At 5, I am going to flip Oklahoma in there. Uh, They had an impressive bye week. (laughs) (laughs) I talked you into that one, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah. And then Michigan at 6 and and, uh, so on and so forth. You know, 7 would probably be Michigan State. And uh, I don't know the rest of them. who cares, but as of right now, it's, it's it's Georgia's it's Georgia's you know year. And the thing is, I have said this today, and I firmly believe it. We can beat Georgia this year, but I don't think we can beat them twice. And that's what will have to happen. So let's just say we get them in Atlanta. We have got to we've got to get them knocked off in the semifinal round. And I just don't know that there's a team out there that can do it because I don't think we can win back-to-back on them this year. So, Georgia 1, Bama 2, Oregon 3, Ohio State 4. We'll see how we shake up or shape up with the um, with the committee tomorrow night. And recapping the bets, Tom, we knew it was going to happen, and it finally did a perfect 4-0. I had Wisconsin and Missouri. Missouri never sweated Missouri. <laughs> I bought the hat. They got out to needed. an
1: early lead and never looked back. That's
0: it. <laughs> Daryl told me later that uh, Georgia was up 43-3. (laughs) to Missouri kicked a fourth quarter
1: field goal. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I had uh, North Carolina to knock off one of my cushion teams. That was strange. An unranked team would be favored over a top 10 opponent, and they come through after. They actually went up early in that game by 10 or 14, Lost the lead, went down by eighteen, then yeah. come all the way back one by three. Wow! Uh, and then of course I had uh, Texas A and M uh, versus the Barn. That was uh, that one was never in doubt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So Wisconsin was probably the only one that nobody you, know, you didn't have to sweat out. They I don't know why Rutgers is getting so much love, but you know they're not any good. Wisconsin smashed them. Uh all right, Betsy for this week. Who you got in game one?
1: I'm going back to the well again. Penn State Nittany Lions favored over number seven Michigan. This will be a this will be one of those cushion games to go down, and that would eliminate Michigan completely if Penn State could win this game, and that's who I got winning it.
0: Oh, let me write that down. PSU straight up winner. All right, I'm going Arkansas LSU Arkansas two and a half. I think they cover that and cover that easily. Like we said in the games of the week, LSU's done at least for this week. They are going to be licking their wound, their Bama wounds and hopes and dreams till at least Wednesday. LSU or Arkansas gets them.
1: I like that one. That was going to be my freebie, so I'm glad you went ahead and took it. For my second one, I'm staying in the SEC, going with one where you can throw away the record books when these two get together. Missouri minus the one over South Carolina. South Carolina just come out and obliterated Florida last week, surprised everybody, and now they're one-point underdog to Missouri. Uh, Missouri will handle South Carolina Fairly easily, I think, in this game. So, that's going to be one you can just take to the bank.
0: You can move on that game as if it's already been played. You can. Uh, My game, too, I'm going with UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio. They're undefeated. And they're 33-point favorites over Southern Miss. Dude, Southern Miss is horrible. This is not the Southern Miss, the, the Brett Favre of Southern Miss. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they, I look for UTSA to roll up fifty-five to nothing, fifty-five to seven, something like that. So, yeah. your picks this week: Penn State, Arkansas, Missouri, and UTSA—all favorites again. Yes, it worked. It worked for us last week. Actually, I said all favorites last week. Heck, I had Missouri, but I had a. I had well, they were a preseason
1: running. favorite to beat Georgia. <laughs>
0: Well, that's gonna wrap us up. You know, uh, appreciate everybody listening, even though when it's not a, a, Bama, a big Bama week, uh, you know, hopefully the recap and talking about the other games keeps your interest up. And uh, so, Tom, as always, remember: if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and hate often. Roll Tide! No more
1: fullbacks. Have you seen? Take junior. it easy, guys. Great.